Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew, Richard, Krim, Seth, and me, hello, this is Tomer, we discuss Commander-related topics. Today, we're going to be discussing our favorite deck-building restrictions. Over on Commander Clash, every single week, we try to come up with really weird deck-building restrictions in the form of themes. One week, for example, we're going to be doing, like, a rarity theme, like Popper Week, where we can only play with commons. Or we do, recently we did a One Ticket Week, where every single deck, the, the budget restriction is only one ticket on Magic Online. And we've done many, many others uh, over the span of, what, like six years that we've been doing Commander Clash? I don't even remember how long it's been. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a while. So that's kind of our, our kind of our gimmick over on Commander Clash. That's what we're known for are these weird deck building restrictions. So we thought it would be fun to go over the course of our many, many years doing this and uh, kind of categorizing them loosely and then picking uh, which ones we liked the most. And maybe uh, you, the viewers slash the listeners, uh, if you're interested in doing wacky uh, deck building restrictions in your own play groups, uh, here's a little bit of insight on what the, our favorites were, what we uh, will probably avoid in the future. So let's start it off with like the most basic of the ones, and that's the new set releases. This is kind of the bread and butter of Commander Clash uh, lately. Um, every single time a new set is released, we like to showcase uh, the new cards by building a deck around one of the new commanders. So, for example, Modern Horizons 2 recently came out, and we showcased, uh, in one recent episode, we showcased four of the commanders from Modern Horizons 2, and then the week after that, we're going to be showcasing, again, four more Modern Horizons 2 commanders. Uh, back in the day, uh, we did this very, you know, sparingly, I guess, because there weren't as many sets coming out, but now there's a new set every, like, three months, so we do it a little bit more often than that. Uh, so let's just go around the table. Actually, wait. Before we go around the table, we have to categorize uh, how we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing a tier list. And we did a tier list podcast uh, a, a while back. And we had like five categories this, before when we were doing MDFCs. And uh, this time around, though, we're just going to be doing three different categories. Uh, the top category is going to be best. Then the second category is going to be okay. And then the third and final category is needs improvements. So best, okay, and needs improvement. And all of us are allowed one S tier, a single category that we consider the best of the best, our personal favorite. Um, so that's what oh. we're going to be doing it. Yes. Krim, you could fill that out while we're going through uh, uh, the other discussions. You mean too. while we talk about our sponsors today? Ah, <laughs> that's right? a good segue. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Seth, uh, tell us a little bit about our sponsors. How can you support the show? Ooh, well, if uh, you need some magic cards, you can support the show by heading over to cardkingdom.com slash mtggoldfish. They got Modern Horizons 2 and everything else you need. And another way to support the show is picking up some merch at mtggoldfishmerch.com. Clean out Richard's garage, get the playmats off his walls, all that good <laughs> stuff. And sub to the channel so we can give away Tomer's plant. I'm counting down the days. We're getting closer to the plant giveaway, and it's still alive so far, so I'm alive. impressed with that, Tomer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a very time-sensitive thing here. Like, the plants will sub, die. Sub, this is the sub longest quick. I've had plants alive, actually. 
So um, sub quick if you want a live plant. <laughs> yeah, if you want them to live, if you want to save these plants uh, from from me, uh, please please get us to the 50k sub uh, goal. That would be great. All right, now let us begin with the tier list with the categories. Uh, Modern Horizons two or new set releases. Let's start off with Richard. What do you think about new set releases in terms of uh, our, our deck building restrictions? I think they're fine. I fine. mean, I think it's the it's the bread and butter. I put it as okay. Uh, it's I like it because you get to play with new cards. Uh, I don't like it because you have to play with new cards. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes, usually the the first four we do are pretty good. Everyone can choose whatever commander they want. Sometimes when we go to the next set of four. Uh, there are some, uh, you know, needs improvement <laughs> commanders. Uh, yeah. So it can be hit or miss. Uh, but I, I do enjoy it. It is the bread and butter of Commander Clash. So I, I think it is, it's pretty good. All right, Seth, what do you think about it? I have new set Commander Clashes is S tier. Uh, there's nothing I like more than new magic cards. Like, new magic cards are my favorite things. Building decks around new magic cards is like what I do. So I love building around the new commanders. I will say, I feel like it's gotten a little bit worse than it was a few years ago, just because every set is so commander focused now. Like a few years ago when we started Commander Clash, maybe there's like a handful of cool legends in the set. Now every set has 20 legends, 40 legends, and it can be a little bit overwhelming. And even if we do a couple episodes, sometimes I end up feeling like we couldn't cover everything that I would like to cover from the new set, but hmm. new magic cards, uh, S tier for me. True, true, true. Like, I mean, as someone who plays Commander all the time, uh, it's good to always have fresh stuff to play with. So I totally respect that. Um, all right, Krim, what do you think about uh, new set releases as our as our primary theme? Um, much to like what Seth uh, had mentioned there. I mean, this is this is something that I probably have a lot of fun with. I don't have it at S. I have it at best. But I, I do really enjoy new cards. Uh, and I'm actually on the other side of that. I'm excited because of how many new legendaries there are every new set. Uh, I love being able to just now, or before, like, okay, maybe we'd all have to fight over. There's, like, four commanders, and, like, one of them is the one that we'd probably all have to fight over, and the three are just whatever, right? But yeah. now <laughs> there's just so many. There's so many, and you can build whatever you want. Uh -huh. And you can find random things that fit your play style a lot more. So I'm actually really happy about all the legendary stuff. However, the, all the new legendaries makes like, you know, when, when I'm filming videos for like new sets, like for modern and stuff like that, it's like, okay, maybe I don't want like, you know, four legendaries in a, a 60 card deck because I can't play them all at once. So in Commander, when everything's catered to that, it makes it fun, makes it easy and gives it me a lot of, lot of things to work with. So I like it. Definitely better, better to have like a full legendary set. When it's when it's you're when you're recording commander, but yeah, yeah, a, a commander playset of a legendary yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Um, well, as for me, uh, I like it. Like Seth said, um, I like playing with new cards, and I like having an excuse that when a set just comes out, I see all four of us playing new commanders, so I get to not only experience uh, one commander that I'm really hyped for personally. But I'm hyped for the ones that you are playing too. So I get to see all four of them almost like immediately as soon as the set comes out, which I really like. The only downside is I find that like the new sets are coming out so fast and there's so many new commanders that like we could just literally do every single commander clash now just showcasing new commanders until the next 
the next set of new commanders come out. And for me, I personally like uh, the weirder deck building restrictions more for Commander Clash. And if there's so many new sets, no, so many new cards, then there's like less time to do the the, the, the janky stuff that Commander Clash, like the old school Commander Clash used to be known for. So I like it, but like I don't like doing multiple episodes on the new set. I like doing one. But maybe like like three. We used to do like a lot before because there were so few sets every single year. Uh, but now we do like two. And honestly, I like I like two, maybe even one personally. But I like it, but it's not my favorite. All right. Moving on is uh, another type of restriction that we commonly do. And these are budget restrictions. We either pick a paper uh, price like $50 budgets or $100 budgets. Something like that, or individually, each card has to be less than a dollar when we put it into the deck. Uh, we've also done online currency budgets. So we recently did one ticket week. Uh, event tickets are the online currency on Magic Online, which is a platform we use to play the game. And one event ticket, or one ticks, is equivalent to $1 US. So for the price of $1 US, uh, we built like full commander decks online with with the online currency, which is which is cool. So we've done paper, we've also done digital currencies, but any sort of budget restrictions. Richard, what do you think about these budget restrictions? I think they're okay. <laughs> I rated yeah. them okay as well. Uh, I'm Mr. Moneybags. So we don't, we play Magic Online and our sponsors give us access to all the cards. So we don't actually buy the cards uh, outside of like rare scenarios. So budget, typically has no meaning to us when we're building decks. Like, I don't actually look at the price of any cards when I'm building decks. Uh, so to me, this is not a really strong restriction. Like, when I'm building a, say, one ticks deck or a $50 deck, I'm making card choices, yes, to fit the budget, but I'm still playing, like, S-tier or A-tier cards, right? I'm still playing rampant growths and things. I'm not going down the bottom of the barrel to find the cards to fit in my deck, even at these extreme budgets. Uh, which is why when Tomer says my deck is budget, it really means nothing about power level. It probably means it's really good because he feels he needs to compensate by putting extremely powerful cards in. But it doesn't restrict power level as much. So I think it's just an okay restriction. It doesn't really do much, right? It's just like easily accessible decks for our viewers to play with. <laughs> How dare you? All right, that's a valid opinion. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, Seth, what do you think about the budget restrictions? I also... I also have it as okay. So budget restrictions, it does <clears throat> vary a little bit based on the restriction. I like budget restrictions that are not super restrictive, like the $50 or $100 budget. When it gets down to the really, really low-end budgets, like one tick or... I can't remember what the cheapest paper one we did was, $10 or... We did some really cheap paper one at one point in the past. Those ones I kind of find too restrictive and less fun. So it varies a bit based on it, but I like that budget restrictions, even though you can still play powerful but cheap cards, it does make you play different cards. And some of the stuff that you just take for granted and put in every single deck like a soul ring maybe even at like three or four dollars or five dollars that's tough if you're on a fifty dollar budget and impossible if you're on like a one tick budget so i like that it makes you take out some of the staples and think about some other options for those slots but i think it's kind of like a middle middle tier uh restriction or theme fair enough fair enough Krim, what do you think about budget weeks also have it at okay just because <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, it's like, oh. the, I, first off, it really, 
Richard kind of just uh, had it perfectly nailed for me in that we play online. So uh, I, at, when I'm playing online, I want to pl- – well, I guess I want to play with whatever's at my disposal, and I want to play with everything at my disposal, things that I wouldn't normally get to play, right? And, and some of that stuff uh, gets knocked out by budget and stuff like that, and just I, – I don't, I don't really want to worry about how much my deck is. I just want to build the deck and have the card I want, and, and that's that. Uh, I, I love, like, you know, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, necessarily, like, a dual land, but let's just say, like, something like Wheel of Fortune, uh, something I wouldn't normally get to play with, so, uh, and I don't, I just don't, I don't like having to worry about that, right, like, the, the idea of, like, some kind of looming budget thingy of a bobber, like, over me, like, ah, you better not go over 50 bucks, I mean, $50 is fine, uh, usually I can get a decent amount of stuff in there in $50, but, uh, like, one tick, uh, particularly is a, a a little a little painful, but but fun still. Just just painful. All right. Well, I'm going to break from the mold, and I'm using my S on budget restriction. Surprise like your name. You would yeah. No. S on Why are you using it on Doctor Anime? What? <laughs> <laughs> are we budget commander now? Oh, I should use my S on Anime Week. Oops. Uh, no, I. Okay, so here's here's my here's my uh, impassioned speech for for why budget budget restrictions are good. First of all, um, Richard says like the power level is it doesn't have anything to tie into it. I think that's true to an extent, but like most of the most of the cards you consider staples, if it don't really fit in certain budgets, like there's no management, there's no fierce guardianship, there's no force of will, there's no. Uh, survival of the fittest. There's no mana crypts, like depending on the budget, obviously. Um, there's no dock sides. There's, there's like all the cards you consider like the strongest in their colors. If we're doing like a fifty dollar budget deck, you just don't have room for those cards. Like some of the, some of those cards cost more than fifty dollars itself. Um, so I do think that the the budget decks are going to be overall going to be less powerful than non budget restriction. I mean that just makes sense to me. Um, that's not to say that you can't make powerful budget decks, though. And that's kind of why I like budget restrictions so much, because I think there's a common misconception in the community that you have to spend X amount of money to have a viable, powerful deck. And that was like the main driving force for me doing budget commander, like, I don't know, like eight years ago was everybody was saying like, oh, you, if you want to make a five-color deck, you have to have, you know, you need to spend like $200 on your mana base. And that's not true. I've done it with $15 very consistently. And I like I like showing viewers, I like showing people who are tuning in that, yes, you could, like, Commander is for you no matter what your budget is. And my favorite thing in the world, like, whenever, the best feedback I could ever get is when somebody emails me or DMs me saying like, hey, I saw you made, made like a $30 budget deck and you know, like I'm a college student. I'm I I can't afford you know spending three hundred dollars on a on a magic deck. But uh, I I spent thirty dollars on this deck, this commander deck, and it was a blast. And to play, I can play with my friends, and it's really fun. Like that is the biggest compliment you could ever get me uh, in terms of my work. So yeah, uh, budget restrictions are are a a S tier for me easily. So so just to add on to that, <clears throat> I I think the. Money in magic cards gives you freedom, right? Like mm. the the truly expensive cards are like the quote unquote universal staples. Like a wheel of fortune goes into every single deck and is really, really good. If you get narrow cards, a lot of them are really powerful and very cheap. Uh my favorite card, uh, what is it? Like Distant Melody, the the four mana 
bird card draw or whatever. It's like free. And it draws yeah. like a thousand cards. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But it's very narrow. You can only play like blue tribal decks to make that card work. Right? So like Gargos is an insanely powerful deck. You're playing really weird narrow cards to make that deck work. Uh, so if you put it deck. all together, it's really cheap and really powerful. But if you want like a Sylvan library, good luck. Right? Yeah. So that's the interesting thing about, you know, magic and budgets. And that's why like, I, I, I always push for those budget thing because I see so much, like 99% of the content out there that I've been exposed to is like, these are, these are like, everybody's playing with these powerful staples. And then like, I'm, I'm thinking as like a viewer, like if I was a college kid, I would not be able to play commander. I would look at these $800 decks and I'd be like, this is not a format for me. I guess I'll stick to arena or whatever, but like, no, like I want, I want to have that content out there. I want people to know that you can make these powerful decks. Like, obviously, you have to go a little bit digging a little bit more. You have to go for more specialized cards, like Richard said. But I, I think I think there's a lot of value just to have, like, a spotlight on budget because I want people to know that you can play for cheap or you can play to, to whatever budget you like. I I really like the the reasoning behind it, and I totally agree with that. I just think sometimes the super restricted budget weeks... I have less fun with, so that's where I, that's where I come from. Like yeah. the actual gameplay isn't as enjoyable, but I totally agree that having good budget decks out there is really beneficial for the you know the community at large. So yeah, Six. and like this is just a ranking on what we personally enjoy building for Commander Clash. Well, we enjoy playing on Commander Clash. It's not like uh, what's what's the best positive impact on on the viewer base or whatever anyway Seth, i'm 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 watching and like so far your hans erickson is gradually sliding down more and oh, more no. as the... <laughs> we'll, we'll see it if stayed they... there for like so long and today is decided to yeah. <laughs> groups. we'll see if it makes it to the rest of the cast <laughs> If it falls all the way, it has to be a sub-donation to the fund. Oh, then, then I'll have to donate it. Subscribe to the channel. <laughs> 100K sub-donation. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we got the next broad topic is rarity restriction. So in the past, uh, we've dabbled with uh, deck building restrictions where we, we're only locked in. We're locked into certain rarity types, like only commons, only commons and uncommons, only mythics, only rare. So... Uh, Popper, for example, is is well known in the Magic Online community as a only common, uh, only common cards, only cards that have ever been printed at the common rarity, and we've done that before. We've also done Peasant, where only cards that have ever been printed at common or uncommon, like it could be upshifted to a rare at some point, but if it was printed as an uncommon or a common, then it's legal in that format as well. Uh, let's start off with Richard. What do you think about rarity restrictions in general? All right, I'm throwing out my needs improvement card. I think this is the only needs improvement on our entire list. And let me, let me, let me put it out there. So Popper 60 card format, great format, okay? Popper Commander, please, Clayton. No, like, I, I would do anything. Yeah. You can Tron me. I will play Jund into Tron for, for like a thousand years before I play Popper Commander. And there's a reason for this, right? You're playing... So when you play Popper or Peasant, you're basically playing Draft, right? I love Draft. I love Limited. I love Sealed. However, that environment is balanced around certain things. Like, Sweepers are not available. They're very rare, right? Like, Massive Card Draw is very rare. Which means when you play Popper Commander, you don't have access to this, 
right? You don't have access to sweepers. You don't have access to good card draw universally acceptable across all colors, right? Like maybe there's one or two cards here or there that you can use. So I think that makes for a very unpleasant commander. And the board gets gummed up. You can't attack. In limited, 1v1, you just attack through, someone will die. In commander, you attack one person, the next person will just slaughter you because you have no blockers now. So you cannot break the board stall. You have no bombs to do anything. And we just sit there with a three-hour game where nothing happens. So uh, I don't like the format. If we're talking about budget reasons, like, for example, you know, you, you don't want to spend a lot of money. I think it's better to build like a $50 deck that's really good because you can buy rares that are like bulk rares that still do the job. Whereas proper commander, you got you got nothing. You got to cross your fingers and hope <laughs> hope combat somehow works, right? But combat yeah. does not work in a four-player game. <laughs> what about the other types of rarity restrictions then? What about we've done peasant commander or we've done uncommons and commons and we've also i think we've done mythic commander before where it's only mythic rares are allowed what do you think about those rarities because obviously we've had a bad experience with I, I remember peasant was better than popper but not yeah not that much better <laughs> i don't even remember mythic this is the case where popper will drag down the whole category <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like even if another one was like best i think the but yeah, the, the, the chance of playing Popper Commander scares me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Seth. What do you think? What do you think oh. about rarity restrictions? Needs improvement is way too kind. <laughs> they are the literal worst thing ever. Like I had to make my own category. Whatever the opposite of S tier is, that's what this is. Like times ten. The Popper Commander game is the least one I've ever had playing a game of Commander, and it's a lot of what Richard said. Where sure. the the problem is the problem is that the removal encounters are really good, and the threats are really bad, so no one can actually like close out the game. It works in one v one formats. I actually like Popper in one v one formats, but in Commander, it is not a very fun experience. And at the same time. I don't remember Mythic Commander very, uh, very well, but even that's kind of like a weird restriction. Sure, you have like, you, you kind of have the opposite problem where you have all the bombs, but you're not going to have like a random mana rock for the most part, or like a random rampant counter growth. spell or yes, removal like spell or rampant growth. So that even, so it's, yeah, so that suffers from like, the inverse of the problem of popper commander for the most part. So yeah, there's so, there's so many ways that you can do restrictions, even if you want budget to be part of it that are just better than this. I think just having a blanket, like only play this rarity is like the absolute worst way to have a, a budget based restriction in your commander games. Fair enough. Fair enough. Krim, what do you think about uh, rarity restrictions? <laughs> I guess, yeah, it would be needs improvement also trending towards uh, what Seth said, worst thing ever. <laughs> because, yeah, exactly that. It's just you don't have much of all the stuff that I you want to play with, right? Uh, like yeah. a little bit why I don't like the – like I, I told you like budget restrictions are okay. It's much like that, but instead now it's amplified in misery. So now I don't have a I don't have a sweeper because you know that's a rare. I don't have any ways to kill stuff, and my only removal is literally dark vanishing and like or doom blade or something like that. Yeah. And, and I'm like hoping that I have enough doom blades. Counter spells are fun, but like 
there's four people, there's three other people, and things are going to resolve. Once they resolve, you're like, well, <laughs> you, what do we do now? Uh, and, and then on top of that, there's, no, there's, no, there's not enough uh, gotcha cards. Th- that's the main thing. There aren't enough gotcha cards, <laughs> like Opposition Agent and all of that. There aren't any at the Uncommon. The whole breach are at Uncommon. Yeah, and that is boring. That is boring magic. I'm so. <laughs> I like. I, I suddenly I like this format a lot more. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I will personally put it at needs improvement too. Um, before I played Commander, I was actually very involved in the popper scene. It was my go-to format when I was in college, um, in in high school, and I also have a peasant cube. Uh, so I very much like rarity restrictions in one v one. But like everybody has mentioned. In multiplayer, it's much more difficult to make a cohesive deck. And I'm not going to say that it's not impossible because I'm sure there are people who play Popper Commander or Peasant Commander who will tell you, like, no, you're, you were just doing it wrong. I There are, in fact, many board wipes. There are, in fact, many ga- gotcha cards. There are, in fact, many good finishers that you just never got around to. But I will say from just our experience, we do a lot of really janky themes. And for us, we definitely struggled at least building these. And... If we have to do a lot of research to make that work, then maybe it's a lot better once we do that up. But like we're we basically have like a day or whatever to build these decks, and we don't want to spend a really long time trying to figure out these these formats when we have so many other deck building restrictions we want to work towards. So I, I'll say I, needs improvement as well. You're too. you're being way too nice, Tomer. Just say worst thing ever. Just say, you're, 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 just say worst thing ever. That's all we need. Uh, as a former, so, I, I, on this. As a former <laughs> tournament grinder for Popper and someone who owns a peasant command uh, peasant cube, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's the worst thing ever. But in Commander, it definitely does not translate as well as I would hope. Anyway, moving on, we got random weeks. Uh, where we don't get to decide which commander we actually get to build around. So we've done this many different many different ways. Usually what we do is we go over to like the gather search engine, we click on the random button, and we find a random commander that way. Um, we've also done quest for the jank lords way. I'll put a link on the screen. Uh, but in, if you're listening on Spotify, quest for the jank lord specializes. It's a commander. It's a commander YouTube channel that specializes in budget restriction. I think every single card has to be like each individual card has to be under seventy nine cents when they build it, and they're randomly given uh, a commander within that budget restriction as well to build around. Um, so we've done different variants of this, but basically we got a random commander that we're forced to build around. We don't get to choose it ourselves. Richard, what do you think about this restriction? I put it as best. I like getting a random commander. I, I don't know. That's it. Right? <laughs> like you just get a random commander. It's a way to get Krim off Grixis. Uh, and Civic. Uh, no, so, until he presses refresh, refresh. Yeah, oh, we, God, we don't know what he does. Oh, no, he's like on a one. He does. Uh, uh, but I like getting like cards that I would, be, you know, I wouldn't normally play that I'm forced to play. Uh, but what I really hate is when I get like a good guy. Like I, I press it like Omnath. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> right? But you, know, you get some weird yeah. old legends rare. Uh, I I really like that. I really like playing with old cards. So I put it as best. All right, Seth, what do you think about this one? I have it at okay. So I like it, but 
it can be a little bit hit or miss, I think, based on something Richard said, where sometimes you get a commander you've played a lot or is actually like a really good commander, and that kind of like defeats what I want Random Week to be, which is getting a commander I've never played before. So maybe we could do like a twist where it's like out of a pool of legends that we haven't used before. You get one of those randomly or something could be kind of interesting. So I think it's 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 reasonable. The other thing I don't like is a couple of times we've done not legends, but just a random card. And it's really awkward when you roll like swamp or like shatter and you have to try to build your deck shatter around this one card that's shatter not in your command. Shatter Gang Brothers by Tom. I still <laughs> yeah. remember that deck. I still remember that's how good that. it is. Yeah. yeah. Tom got shatter, which is just like this alpha card that's like pay two mana to destroy target artifact. And it was like a trash pick. It was totally a trash pick. And then he built Shatter Gang Brothers around it. We even incorporated the name of the card in the commander. And I thought that was one of the coolest. And he destroyed us with it. It was just fantastic. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Go so- on solid, solid but unspectacular <laughs> theme, I would say. True. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry about that. I have this at best because I think this is a, a really fun uh, way to play commander. Uh, kind of puts me into a spot where I have to like build something I wouldn't normally build. Although the last time we did this, I rolled Yasharn. Oh, the for the week literally right after I did Yasharn. So <laughs> so then I hit reroll and then I got Lazav and I'm like, well, I'm not gonna say no to Lazav. Yeah, <laughs> I love Lazav. <laughs> Uh, it always but, ends uh, up with the mirror and Grixis. I don't know how. I, I honestly that that is it, it is unfortunate because I will say though that like the idea of it is very fun. Uh, I love I love rolling a random commander and then being forced to like make whatever out of it. Now I I remember uh, the <laughs> I didn't really understand how how the because fir- I think the first one I think we we got I got underground sea so I built a pirate deck. <laughs> and I just That's made sweet. ghost ship, right? Like, and I was like, "This deck is terrible. It does nothing. It's in my colors, but it's awful." Uh, but like, yeah. So hopefully, we do more of these, and I roll a non-blue one, <laughs> and <laughs> except that isn't a commander. I just literally did because then I the one I did it was Yasharn. So just a fun, fun, a really fun uh, restriction. Just love the random on the spot. Hey, build something. But I, I love the idea that you built a, a pirate deck based on Underground Sea because that's so flavorful. Like that's actually utilizing the pick and yeah, sticks yeah. to the spirit of it. And that, 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 yeah, that's that's why I love it. So we <laughs> should do a lot more of that. I love that. Yeah, I'm just gonna echo what everybody said. I was actually very on the fence on whether it's okay or best, but I honestly love when I get bad picks. Like I love when I get like just a crappy weird commander that I would never think about building or a card I would never think about building around and then I'm forced to build a deck around it like that's really cool to me I like I like that restriction a lot all right moving on we got uh also kind of random uh this is gifting this is when we build a deck and give it to somebody else in the group to pilot so we've done this most often with Secret Santa so every single Every single Christmas, we do a special episode where we do Secret Santa, and we all build a deck and secretly hand it off to somebody else in the group. Or sometimes we've done like weeks where like Seth has built a deck for all of us to play, and that has been really fun. Or any sort of randomized stuff. Have Neotic, the editor, do it. Uh, Richard, what do you think about these weeks? Uh, I put it as best. I really like getting a deck. Uh, so when someone builds a deck for me, I don't care what it is, I get to play it. I don't 
I don't need to justify my deck in any way, but he built it. Not my fault. <laughs> right? oh my God, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, just you know, I was like, I can't play. It doesn't matter. I don't want cards in here. I, I didn't build it. Right? Yeah. I didn't punt. Well, I didn't know what I didn't tutor for. Right? <laughs> so I, I like the hands off. Uh, gifting itself is harder now. It was more fun in the early seasons. Uh, but by now, I can only give Tomer so many Cauldra Moonfolk decks, right? <laughs> like, it's it's getting hard to build good decks for you guys since we Do I have one so trick, times. Richard? <laughs> yes. Uh, I really like it when someone else builds decks for all of us because we do yeah. absolutely nothing that week. Like, we don't actually have to spend time to build our deck. We just show up and someone built the deck according to our taste. It's like having a, a personal concierge or helper or something. Uh, so that is that is the best feeling, to roll up with the deck. Uh, have dousing dagger it. You know it's already in there for you. You're ready to go, and you don't have to Make me do, do anything. All of them, basically. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> so basically, when someone else does all the work, I'm very pleased. <laughs> Next step is for them to play my deck. What do we do? <laughs> we coach like each of us just coach a po- somebody that has never played Magic to play the deck. They have Richard's to play exactly ideal. like us. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard's <laughs> ideal commander we'll class week is when he's not even there. Like, okay. <laughs> All right, Richard. Thanks. Seth, <laughs> so, what do you think about Gift Week? I I have Gift Week at best as well. Mostly for a lot of the regions, Richard said it's really sweet to not have to think about building a deck, and it takes that pressure off where you're worried about like, oh, did I like make a mistake? You can justify your puns really easily. But on top of that. I also really like making the decks. I had a ton of fun uh, being uh, the week where I got to build the decks for everyone. That's actually my favorite part of this theme is trying to make a deck that you think someone else will enjoy. And that is a kind of a cool twist on deck building because Tomer, you like cards that are different than what I like. And Krim definitely likes cards that are different than I like. And Richard. So it's fun to try to like put yourself in that person's place and build a deck that they're really going to enjoy. So I like both sides. I think of the, of the gifting week, making the decks and the, the ease of just having a deck built for you and not having to think about building it. It, you did. It was that week though, right? Where you built me the deck with blim. And then and then you put the a bunch of the eyeballs that I could that made it so I could never do anything and I'm like why are uh. these in here? <laughs> you were supposed to give them to your opponent and uh, and I w- I wasn't there that week I don't think so you couldn't complain at me so. Uh. <laughs> that one that one backfired a little bit but I I, I think the the deck was incredibly sweet yeah. as well. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. what do you think about gifts week? Actually, I am going to take it down a peg. I think it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I I enjoy it. Like, sometimes it's a lot better than others. Like, I, I I find the more so the secret Santa ones way, way more, like, fun and, like, hilarious. But then there's the other gifted weeks where it's just, it's okay. I don't know why. It, it's, it's probably because there's something about adding something that I personally like and in, like, that I know I would enjoy to my deck, right? And it's it's very much so like the crim stamp. And and that I mean, whether it's a mana drain, a counterbalance, or any of those, I, I just I feel like there's something, some kind of sentimental value from that for me. Than actual like gameplay wise. That it's missing if you were yeah. given a deck and it's like yeah. missing those crim like the, the little touch at the end. Right, right. So, so Krim is a Grinch, and he hates Grinch. <laughs> 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 it all makes sense now. I, this is all fits. Opposition agent Hallbreaker makes sense. All right. 
All right. Uh, for me, I also put it as best. I love making gifts for other other decks for for other people, and I like receiving them too. It just, it, I don't know. It's very like I don't know, very Christmassy to me. I don't know. I like I like it a whole bunch. Uh, two of my favorite decks that I ever made were for Richard, actually. Uh, the Kithkin one, I was really proud of. Like, I, I spent so much time making a, a good Kithkin deck with every single Kithkin card uh, ever printed. And I worked hard on that. I think I spent two hours trying to make that, that deck function. So I was happy to see it actually pull off. And then, the one, like, one of the only times I've ever not been on Commander Clash... Richard had to use my deck. So it wasn't really a gift for him. It was a deck I was going to play. But it actually worked out 10 times better. It was like Mono Green, Sir something from Throne of Eldraine. It was like a bad, one of the bad uncommon ones. Um, and I knew that if I played it, not only would I play it very poorly because it wasn't my play style, but I also get hated out and I would just die very quickly. So I didn't, I, I couldn't make it for that recording. Richard had to step in and do it. And then I got to watch that episode uh with like everybody else and it was like super hype like oh my god Richard's playing my deck and he played it like super way better than me and he won the game and he popped off of it i was like yes mm-hmm. and there was even a time where like rich was like oh this deck is pretty good i'm like yes <laughs> so i totally got like the viewer submitted like feel you know like yeah he's You're- playing my deck it was in fact, huh? That's just Richard, though, right? That's the Richard yeah. effect. Because I think it was the Metamai deck that I built for him. He played blue, and I I forgot why I couldn't make it. And he played the deck, and he didn't draw any aggro, and he countered everything and blew up everything. I'm like, what, what is this? This world. How does he get it? How does this happen? How does he get away with it? Nobody even looked Richard's way. How does he keep getting away with it? All right, moving on. Uh, we have uh, we often do card pool restrictions where we basically instead of like cutting down on certain themes, we'll cut down on certain time periods or 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 stuff like that. So. In the way, we've done this a long time ago, but we did like sections of Magic the Gathering's history where we did like old school, like super old school up to like 95 or something. So we played like only cards that have been printed from like alpha to like, I don't know, like third edition or something like that. Something really old. Um, and then we did third like- Third edition. From, whatever, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever the editions are, all right? Um, and then it was like, you know, like something pre-modern, only pre-modern cards or only old border cards, stuff like that, uh, that were divvying up by time periods, for example. But we've done other stuff too. Uh, Richard, what do you think about these restrictions? So I put it at best. It's my second favorite uh, of the entire list. I love playing old cards. I am <laughs> the opposite of what Seth said earlier. Like, Ooh. forget new cards. I don't care about 2021 cards. Like, <laughs> give me a chance to play some alpha cards revised cards ice age cards in a non-meme fashion right like if, if we all play the same card pool i'm justified right i'm not i don't have to like bend over backwards to make my cards work so i really uh, like handicap. playing yeah i like playing really old cards i like playing cards that never had a home anywhere maybe this card wasn't even played in like fifth edition limited but now i can play it on commander clash so this is actually one of my favorite uh restrictions I feel like Richard would love to play that like 95 format or something. What's it called? 93, 94. Old school, yeah. yeah. If I could afford that in paper, uh, I would totally be playing that. <laughs> you can play it online, hey. <laughs> All right, sick. Uh, Seth, what do you think about this? 
I have this one at best too. Uh, I really like restrictions that help you find cards that you wouldn't normally play. And I remember like one of our early era restrictions trying to find like mana rocks because obviously not signets and you don't have uh, a lot of the more recent stuff. Like if you think of any mana rock that's commonly played, there's like Felware Stone and Mind Stone, but a lot of those are missing and ended up finding like the Eye of Ramos cycle and Tooth of yes. Ramos cycle, which they're actually like kind of reasonable. And that's a card cycle that I just like completely overlooked. And it's not that far away from being commander playable. So it's really cool to see all these cards that are not bad, but just not quite as good as more recent cards actually be good enough to see play and build deck around them. So I, I really like uh, these themes as well. That's one of my favorite things we do on commander clashes. Uh, finding old cards that don't aren't quite good enough to see play and finding a theme to make them playable. I think those are some of our best episodes. Yeah, because like if you're jamming most of these cards in like a regular commander clash, like anything goes, they just won't be able to to stand up and you won't be able to like showcase them. But like if everybody's on the same playing field, then suddenly like these cards open up and they get the shine and that's really cool. Yeah, some of them are even really good in that context. Yeah. All right, Krim, what do you think about uh, these these uh, type of restrictions, card pool restrictions? I don't know if I've ever actually – this must have been earlier in the seasons, right? Because I don't think I actually ever did one of these. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you were around uh, for, for that well, era. I would consider, for example, Old Border Only. When we did – remember oh, we did Commander with Clash Gavin? with Gavin? Yeah. Or Alphabet Week. That. That's, a, that's a card pool restriction, right? Everything the same letter? Yeah, okay. So, I, I mean, I – I guess I was basing it more off just like a, a time period kind of thing. Uh, and if that's and with that in mind, I would say that it was it's like an OK concept. And when you throw in stuff like Alphabet Week, I still think it's OK. Uh, and, and, and like Old Border, all of it's just OK, because the the thing here is like, example, let's go Alphabet Week. All things with C, yes, I had a lot of counter spells, but I also had very few win conditions, right? Like, and I'm like, yeah, uh, that's like, every crypt. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, 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 very I think I lands, think, very few win conditions. That's how I, Master Mage wasn't a thing. Yeah. I, I, I would say even for me, that is, it is too few win conditions. What I have, like creeping tar pit or something like that. Like, like that's my win. Uh, crypt has killed me with creeping tar pit before. I don't buy yeah, any in, of this in a one v one format. What do you mean? <laughs> But yeah, like I, I think these these uh, like formats though do. It's not like just all just okay. I mean, there are some things that are really sweet, like getting seed cards like Shadow Mage Infiltrator kind of like played again, right? And like a cards that I like, like being able to squeeze a grinning demon into a deck and, and have it kind of be relevant again. Uh, so it is cool to like go back and see these old cards, and I think it's more so just for me. It's more so just looking at old cards. That make me excited, so it's mm -hmm. way, it's way more attached in that uh, in that realm than actually once again like a gameplay kind of point of view thing. Gameplay wise, it's okay, but nostalgic factor that's that's a lot of value. Right in the feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, I guess I guess Seth, you actually made a really good point. Um, these these carpool restrictions are not just like time period stuff. Um, even though like I I totally forgot about it, but like yeah, Alphabet Week would be considered a card pool restriction. Uh, remember we've done like uh, like X drop tribal week before oh, where yeah. everybody was like one drop tribal. Like I think like Jennifer was one drop tribal and then like 
uh richard was like two drop tribal and then like tom was like three drop tribal and i went six drop tribal <laughs> so i think this would be that type of thing as well um i would put this as best and i would put this as also my second favorite because like these carpool restrictions are super restrictive but they lead to like us playing lower powered decks that get to showcase more cards that we don't usually get to see and like the X drop tribal was one of my favorite episodes ever. And the six drop tribal deck that I main was absolutely terrible uh, in that in that episode. But I loved it so much that I ended up reiterating on it, bringing it back for revenge week. And then I actually built a paper version of it uh, after I've, I, I, I ran through the motion. I did like a primer and stuff on that. So uh, a lot of really great decks came out of that. And uh, I like it a lot. Um, all right, moving on. We got commander restrictions, where we lock in very specific commanders. Either we all play the exact same commander. We've done this a couple times, where we've done all Kenriths, all Feldegriffs. Um, we recently did, what was, what was the other one? Oh, uh, all uh, like, um, we didn't play all the same one, but we played every single Niv-Mizzet, because there's four Niv-Mizzets, and each of us played a Niv-Mizzet. We've also done Omnath Bowl, which is, I think, our most popular Commander Clash episode of all time, where each of us played one version of Omnath. So, like, Cycles, stuff like the Elder Dragons, where each of us played an Elder Dragon. Stuff like where, where the, the restriction is based on, like, finishing a cycle or each of us playing the same commander or you know like praetors like phyrexians versus mirrodin or like you know like flipwalkers we've done that where we had flipwalker week where all of the flipwalkers from magic origins were duking it out stuff like that um so richard what do you think about these commander restrictions i think it's okay i i really enjoy the same commander restrictions like everyone builds kenrith uh, because everyone can build the same commander differently, and we end up with four different decks based on the same commander. Uh, I don't really like the cycle ones. Like, for flavor purposes, yeah, it's cool to play the four Elder Dragons. But usually, like, one of two of them are really good, and the others suck. Uh, and fun fact, this is why I started playing Boros. Uh, I would always be like, you guys choose whatever, right? And then, yeah, you know, the, the black one goes, the blue one goes, or whatever. There's always, like, the white and red one or the Boros <laughs> one left. And I always just yeah. played it, right, for diversity. Uh, and now I only play Boros, apparently, right? But, yeah. you know, there, there's always ones that you don't want to play. There's always the chase ones and then the, the, the duds. And a lot of times these cycles are also very specific, like, the Elder Dragons have an ability. You must build a deck like that, right? You can try yeah. to go weird, but a lot of times it doesn't make any sense. So it's restricting in that sense. So I think it's just okay. Uh, so it's a solid solid theme, but nothing too special in my mind. That's also true. It's like, when we did the original Elder Dragons, I remember, like, the only good one is Nicol Bolas, right? Like, from the original, the original from Legends. Nicol Bolas is good. The rest... They didn't Agreed. age well. <laughs> they didn't age well. <laughs> I, I think. I, what about what about a like Croesus or, or or Treva and and all of them? Those are invasions. Those, Those aren't, aren't part of the oh, cycle, right. though. They're right, another right. cycle. That's an invasion yeah. cycle, though. Uh, right. And they're not even elder dragons. They're just dragons. Are they not elder they dragons? They should be. I don't know. They I'm, should I'm, be I'm elder dragons. They are elder but... dragons. I thought they are. I could be wrong. But another cycles are always five too, and. With four of us, it's yeah, always awkward because know. someone in the comments will be like, why didn't you play this deck? And we're like, there's only four of us. <laughs> like, we can't. Why didn't you have a fifth person? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone will be left out, right? That's yeah. always super awkward, too. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So, Seth, what do you think about these these cycles slash uh, commander restriction weeks? Uh, I also have it at okay, and I actually feel almost exactly the same as Richard, although I am think I'm the Boros player on Commander Clash now. I think I've taken that <laughs> mantle recently. But, uh, yeah, so the when we all play the same Commander, those are some of my all-time favorite Commander Clash episodes. Like, out of all the seasons and episodes we've done, Sliver Week, Kenrith Week, Feldegriff Week, those are some of the my most vivid memories and most fun, just wacky games of the whole series. But I also agree that uh, the Cycle Weeks are pretty meh. So that if it was just, like, everyone plays the same Commander, this might be S-tier for me. But since it also includes, like, the random Cycle stuff, which I is just hit or miss. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't as good. It, that drops it down to a to an okay for me. That's interesting to know, though. So maybe maybe we should try to squeeze in another. Everybody plays the same commander week again because we still have like a track. So we still have a couple <laughs> that are just like good, right? <laughs> All right, uh, Krim. What do you think about this this restriction? Commander restrictions as a whole. Uh, I have it at okay. Um, I think the only time I did have fun, like, I think this is one of those things where, like, yeah, like, if we all played the same one, those weeks are actually, that would almost make me bump this up a tier. Otherwise, the cycles, I don't know, a lot of them suck. Like, I feel like a, a lot of them suck, right? Like, yeah. they're great flavor-wise, but just a lot of them suck. Their concept, the themes and stuff that you would build around it are just so mediocre so i'm just like eh. some sometimes it's great like like we what we we did the silver quill elder dragons or headmasters and it was fine i like yeah. shadricks i don't know about yeah. the other dragons but yeah Gal galazeth was good i mean for me <laughs> i mean galazeth was like leagues ahead right of every <laughs> other dragon right so he's fine he's not busted anyway <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm very much the same as you, Krim and Seth, and, and basically and Richard too. Uh, the the ones we're, we're all building one commander, but each of us are building it in a different way. That's really exciting for me because I'm really eager to see how everybody else built it, and that's really fun. So we've done that before with like Kenrith and Feldegriff. Um, I'd like to do that more. Like we we have a couple others that are good at doing that, like Atraxa, for example. Um, but yeah, the cycles like. Yeah, they're they're good flavor wise. Like it's cool to see a cycle of commanders that you know fit a cycle, and that's cool. But like gameplay wise, I don't I don't get excited for it. I don't think the games are like exceptional or whatever. So yeah, it's okay. It's okay. All right, moving on. Uh, we got flavor restrictions. So we did commander restrictions. We did card pool restrictions. Now we're doing flavor restrictions. This encompasses basically uh, video game week, for example, anime week movie week tv week all those type of things where we like add uh pop culture stuff and build decks around that or just build around any sort of type of flavor we could do we could do like chair week we could do like furniture week we could do food week Wh whatever it doesn't matter these are the flavor ones where we're trying to build flavorful decks and the card choices are based around you know matching the flavor so richard what do you think about flavor restrictions all right, this is my S tier <clears throat> usage here. Uh, this is my absolute <laughs> favorite. I love mixing non-magic things with magic. I love learning about 
what pop culture reference Seth doesn't understand. <laughs> I love seeing know. what pop culture know. reference he brings, <laughs> right? Is Bojack Horseman an anime? I don't know, right? So I, I actually love all of this, right? And it encompasses everything. You get to search like a really wide card pool. You get to see cards you wouldn't play. Uh, you get to learn about other people, other things, uh, other IP, stuff like that. So I actually really like it. And I feel like it's as if I was a child. Like, this is what I would do as a kid, right? Like, oh, we got magic cards. I wish I had Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Don't worry, we'll build a Yu-Gi-Oh deck with magic cards, right? Or, you know, we'll play Power Rangers with magic cards. Naruto, Don't worry, we yeah. can do it, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's what I really like about this. So to me, it's S. And uh, the decks take an insanely long amount of time. I spend the most time building decks for these weeks. Uh, but I actually really enjoy it. And I actually write, like, big primers and stuff with them, too. So I'm a huge nerd uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff. So my favorite, S tier. Yeah, and, and on that note, like, yeah, you go above and beyond usually. And I, I try to as well. Like, in our actual decks, we put every single card reference in there. And it takes an insanely long time. And the only annoying, the sad part is that most people will never even see it. But, like, if you go back to those episodes, Commander Clash, like, Anime Week, Movie Week, and everything like that, I highly recommend clicking the article in the video description and going down to the deck list. And if you click on the deck list, then at the bottom, you'll see all the references there. It's, you, you can miss it very easily, but, like, it's all there. And there's, like, a, obviously, like, a lot of love and attention that Richard puts into each one. Uh, and it's really cool to just see, like, even without even watching the deck the game itself, like, I just go over and be like, all right, there's an anime that I know of. And I look at all the references, I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is crazy. This is great. Uh, that could be in itself like a deck tech or a video topic by itself, too, <coughs> which is cool. Um, all right, uh, Seth, what do you think about these flavor restrictions? I wanted to put it at best, but I, I had to drop it down to okay just because I'm at such a huge disadvantage when it comes to all these all these pop culture weeks where I don't I don't know enough pop culture. That's why you end up with Bojack Horseman on anime week or like ween for Battle oh, of the Bands amazing. and everyone's like, What's a ween? And I'm like, I can tell you every ween song, you should listen to them, but so That's so, so amazing though, like we all got anime characters that roll some of Bojack like that made the episode for me it so it's perfect though right that's the charm I, yeah. that's the charm yeah. of the week right I can't remember did, did Bojack win yeah. I feel like that won, won my heart it definitely won my heart it would be the best if Bojack won anime week so we so I, I think I'm disadvantaged but it leads to some of my favorite decks. I, I love building the decks. I love seeing everyone else's decks. There's so many references. Usually people go super, super deep on them. So, so yeah, uh, I, I really enjoy this theme too. Um, and I think we've had some really cool decks to come out of them. Most of them are not like super functional or super playable, but just like flavor wise, they're home runs. Maybe we should have another one where you, Seth, choose the topic. And then we have uh -huh. Oh, oh, good luck ween with that. Week. <laughs> yes, week. ween we'll week. We'll ween that. <laughs> ween, by the way, with an N. <laughs> I don't know what. I thought weaning is like, is it like like rearing? Like weaning. Isn't it like breastfeeding or something like that? Maybe I'm going I, I way think off. It, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think it's actually like a really immature, like eighth grade joke name. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not going to go more in depth than that. Clearly we have to do that for a future Commander Clash episode now. It's, it's settled. <laughs> All right, Corinne, what do you think 
about flavor restrictions in general. This was so close to getting an S. Uh, so I I love uh, these themed weeks, and I and like. Seth had mentioned we had Battle of the Bands. I loved making a deck based off, you know, like music stuff because, you know, I love music. And then on top of that, uh, or, or when we did Anime Week and it was hilarious just making these decks and tying, like, things that are outside of Magic's IP into this, which kind of just eventually we could say maybe maybe we're, like, the pioneers of maybe, the universe Maybe employees. Lots <laughs> of employees are watching this. Like, wait a minute. We yeah. can make money on this. this Anime Week made had how many views? What? 70k? I, I hmm. have no clue and I don't remember but I just remember it was so much fun and like or like video game weeks and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh so the, the the these pop culture themes are amazing and it always lets us, you know, kind of think outside of like, oh, is this deck efficient in like, you know, certain departments does it have enough removal does it have, you know, is, is this aggressive enough to just how flavorful is this, right? Like, how close is this to the anime or, or the video game? And and I, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, usually the decks are, like, you know, they're barely functional. But, like, the real winner at the table is always the person who has, like, the most flavorful deck. And then, like, the, the, like we asked, like, the viewers, like, which are vote for your favorite ones. And that's the true winner. It's not like whoever wins the actual game itself. It's right. like whoever got to show off the coolest references, which I like a lot. Um, I also really like it. I put it as best, not quite S, um, but for the exact same reasons why everybody else likes it a lot. Like I like, I like situations where we, we really just dig deep and, and, and build janky decks that, uh, have a purpose, an ulterior motive where this one is like just showing off cool references. And I love that. Uh, the reason why I, I would say it's not S for me, it, it, it does take a lot of time. These, these are like Richard said, these take a lot, like out of all the decks we make every single week, these are the ones that take the longest to get right. So it is a quite a time investment. Not really in a bad way. Like we love we love the things that we're making. Uh, but it does take a while. So that's a little bit of a notch down. Sometimes I'm feeling lazy, you know, I'm busy. Um, so so there's there's that. But uh, in in general, it's one of my favorite themes for sure, these flavor restrictions. All right, next up, we have one of the most popular, one of the most common uh, restrictions that we bring back over and over again. We try to do it at least once per season, sometimes twice per season. This is viewer-submitted decks, where we don't actually build any of the decks. We have you, the viewers slash listeners, submit your deck list that you want to see played on a future Commander Clash episode. We pick four of them, and then we duke it out. And... Generally speaking, we get like hundreds of submissions. It's always really awesome to see how many people are submitting and how many cool and unique decks uh, we get to uh, choose from. And then we build it or we we pilot it on, on a future episode. So, Richard, what do you think about viewer submitted weeks? All right. So I put it as okay. So I like it like gifting week. I don't have to do anything, right? I mean, I have to read like 100 deck lists, but that's fast and easy, right? But I just get a deck. And I can play it. And I actually think uh, some of the best ideas I've ever seen come from viewers submitted. Uh, like the skip all your extra turns or skip all your turns decks. Uh, Life's a Lich. Uh, didn't do too well. But like I really like these cool <laughs> concepts that a lot of our viewers come up with. What I don't like about it is we can't play hundreds of decks every time we do it. Right? People submit a lot of decks. And they submit like normal decks, right? Like say like here's Omnath Landfall. 
And because we're content creators, we can't really play that because we've played it before. And it's a very common deck. So, like, we can't play people's pet decks, which is a little sad, right? We always try to skew towards the extreme decks, like the, the weird skip all my turns decks. And then also a lot of these decks people don't uh, play because they just give it to us. Like, for example, people are like, here's a Kitkin deck with all the dousing daggers and everything. They made it just for me. And then, like, I can't even play it because I have, like, 10 of them. I can only choose one. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it's, it's okay for me. Like, I really like the experimental ideas, and I always play them. Uh, and, you know, to my demise sometimes. <laughs> experimental means it doesn't go off sometimes, right? No. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I just really like the ideas. And I don't know how we can make it so we can play everyone's decks. Right, because for every person that gets chosen and they get the Tomer moment where they're like, "Yeah, he's playing my deck and they're doing really well," there's the other person where, "Yeah, they're playing my deck and they're getting stomped." I feel bad, and then there's the person where they didn't even get my deck, right? Did they even get my email? Did they even read my comment? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it just feels it just feels bad. And and then you have the person who's uh, Tomer picks their deck and then just talks about how horrible it is. The whole I I stopped. I'm getting better. I stopped. I didn't even say one time last time. Not even once. I'm just I'm teasing you. It's it's legit. It's a legit criticism though. I really shouldn't be doing that. Um. So I I, I learned from my mistake. That was definitely bad on me. Uh. Never again. I will always say it's good. It's sweet. No criticisms. It's very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> I I I love your submitted week. Uh, not just because of the lazy aspect where you don't have to build a deck, but there's so many cool ideas, as Richard said, and there's just wacky stuff that happens. There's someone that's like sends me secret decks to try to troll Krim or Tomer and just like <laughs> weird stuff that would never happen with any other episode. So I just love the, uh, it's just so frantic and different than any other episode that we do. And we have tons of decks and everyone has these like weird methods of trying to get you to notice their deck. And I do feel bad that we can't play more of them. Or when I play someone's deck and it just doesn't do anything, I feel like I probably like messed it up and didn't give it a, you know, a fair shake and played as well as I could have. But I love your submitted week. I always have fun when we do one. And there's tons of cool decks that people make. We have really awesome fans who uh, who are pretty pretty good at making uh, interesting decks and coming up with cool ideas that I would have never even thought of. That's true. That's true. You get like bombarded with basically a lot of unique deck ideas that you might not have come up with ever, which is cool. To see. And some of the ideas like transfer over into other decks, even decks mm -hmm. that I don't end up playing. Maybe the deck you know, it doesn't have enough card draw for me or whatever, but I'll notice like, oh, that's a really cool combo or I've never thought of that synergy. And then two months later, I'll be building a deck and I'm like, well, maybe I'll, you know, throw this into it. So I love that aspect of it too. I definitely bookmark some of the decks that are sent to me and being like, I like the idea, but I need to add like card draw and ramp and interaction and I'll just save it and I'll be like, okay, but the the concept is so cool. Um, yeah. All right, Krim, what do you think about viewer submitted? I, I I like viewer submitted weeks, but I also think, but I have it marked at okay, uh, just because this is one of those weeks where uh, it, it's such a mixed bag. 
It's such a mixed bag. I love it. I, lo I love the creativity on some of these decks. But sometimes it just is unfortunate because it just doesn't come together. Or or you use a Chaos Wand and you hit all the X spells in someone's deck. Right? Like, like, <laughs> just, just saying. So, that was it's a such good a moment, mixed bag. though. That <laughs> it, was a it's, good moment. We use that. That was content. It's funny. <laughs> it is funny. Like, oh, man, did I just hit Painful Truths twice? Okay, sure. <laughs> so, like, the, these weeks are, are, are fun, but mixed bag when it comes to how the decks play. Fair enough, fair enough. I put it as okay as well. Like, I, I do like the aspect of being lazy and just having decks submitted to me so I don't have to, to brew it myself. And like Seth said, uh, there's a lot of really cool uh, concepts that I never even came up with or I never even thought about. Uh, there's always a delight to kind of discover. Um, the only downside for me uh, would be like... Yeah, the, the most the most balanced, most tuned decks are obviously the ones that people have already like have already have in their paper collection, and they've been you know testing it out and everything. So like you open it up, and you sure enough you see the right ratio of like lands, interaction, all that stuff. But like it's like a Locust God deck or, or whatever, and we've already played those decks already. So uh, I generally don't want to showcase it there. Then like the the ones that really entice me are the gimmick decks. I love gimmick decks. I love it because I, I want to play one time and that's it. And it's something unique that I haven't done before. That's like the whole fun thing. But the problem with a lot of the gimmick decks is that they're just like, uh, they're uh, theory, theory decks, right? Like they show up and they're like, here's a cool gimmick, but then there's no interaction. There's no card draw. There's no ramp. So a lot of them I have to skip over and, and use that gimmick later on and like build my own version of it. So it's it's sometimes hard to find a gimmick deck that I really get excited for, but also hits you know the ramp and interaction, all the card draw and stuff like that. So that deck, that actually takes a while to, to figure it out. And some of them just like, eh, I like this gimmick deck. It doesn't have any interaction, but whatever. I'm just gonna give it a spin, and that's fun too. Um, so it's a little bit. I always wanted to. I, I threw this out before, but I would love to have viewers submitted where I'm allowed to make five modifications, five card swaps. For each each one, holy moly, that would solve so many issues. Like here's a Tomer, cool How deck. would you feel if I played your deck? You gave me Sir Farron because I was gonna summon for you. And yeah. I'm like, thanks, Tomer. Let me just make five just quick five. swaps to your deck before I play it on camera, you know? Well, how would you feel that, if I did that? Tell tell feel? someone that their deck building is bad without saying their deck building is bad. No. Yes, no though. Oh, okay, but seriously, if if right. I was a viewer, how yeah. would I get Senpai to notice me? What do I need to tell you or what do I need to put in the deck so that you choose my deck? All right, that's that's a good question for everybody to answer. Um, I'll start. Don't put Cauldra in it. <laughs> I get so many Cauldra submissions. You have no idea. And I want called I want to win with Cauldra with like my own version of Cauldra. So I always like skip over those. And then if you have a, I love gimmick decks. Give me a gimmick deck. Don't give me like the Locust God or something that's like a Chew Lane or whatever. Give me a gimmick deck. It could be like Chew Lane, but a gimmick Chew Lane. And then have interaction and card draw and ramp. And I swear, I swear you're on top of the list. If I see <laughs> the first gimmick deck I see that has interaction, ramp, and card draw, like it feels like a fully, like a fully fleshed out deck. Boom. That's the one I'm doing. I don't even look at the rest. I just... There, I stop and I get it, and I, that's the one. That's the one for me. What about what about you, Krim? What 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 entices you? 
I think so. Example, I remember a deck from Coral. It was a mono blue scepter, whatever the crown deck, where you try to put the three other artifact Tron together. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, So, really, really cheeky or or random stuff that I haven't seen backed by a good amount of removal and or uh, a way to control the game. And I, I will probably fall in love with it. But. Uh, I think the one thing that will take precedent on all of that is just really the the way it wins. And if it's weird enough and if it's funny enough or if it's in a tr- if the deck plays in a trolling manner, I'll probably <laughs> love that deck. Yeah. I'll probably love that deck. Seth, what do you think? I I most I'm mostly looking for things that I haven't done before, commanders I haven't played before, the just like weird synergies or combos or themes or ideas. But at the same time, there has to be a, I don't have like strict rules about, oh, you have to have 10 ramp spells and this many like draw spells or whatever. But there is a like baseline of functionality that I'm looking for. And if you have a really cool idea, but there's like no ramp and no card draw, I just, even if I want to play it, I just like can't bring myself to do it because I know I'm just going to end up feeling sad and empty handed and not casting all the cool stuff that I want to be casting. So it's got to have like a minimum standard of functionality and then something cool and different on top of that. You don't have a minimum for like ramp and stuff. The card draw, you need at least 20 card draw. Is what yes. I'm hearing. The more card draw, the better. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> the other way. Just put in all the card draw and I'll, I'll probably pick it. If you hit all your lane drops, it's basically like ramp, right? So done. And also, I've played Panharmonicon a ton. So, similar to you and Cauldra, I get a lot of Panharmonicon decks. I still love Panharmonicon, but it's going to be really difficult for you to make a Panharmonicon deck that catches my eye and meets that other criteria that feels different and I've never seen it before just because I built and played so many versions of Panharmonicon. God. Fair enough. Richard, what about you? Uh, Dowsing Dagger in every submission? <laughs> no, I, I don't care about Dowsing Dagger, actually. I'm more like you. Like, I, I play Dowsing Dagger every week. I don't need to play it another week, right? I can take yeah. a week off. It's really like how many cards I need to read, which means cards I'm not familiar with, right? If there's yeah. like five to ten cards that I don't know what they do and I actually have to read them, I will probably play the deck. If I have to read them and then ask Neotuk what they do, uh, <laughs> then I will probably <laughs> definitely play. Like, I oh. actually spent like five minutes talking with their editor. Like, how does this Lich deck work? Am I missing something? Uh, and unlike, I guess, the rest of you, I don't care how functional the deck is. I don't care how refined it is. It could have 30, 30 basics, no ramp. I will play it. I will politic my way into some ramp <laughs> uh, because I want to see the cool thing, right? Like, I'd rather the deck do the cool thing rather than you know, functionally go off and then, you know, win with like, you know, sheer card advantage or something like that, right? I'm trying to see like the cool aspect of the deck and uh, basically steal it for my future decks, right? So maybe this is not the perfect shell, maybe it is, right? But I want to see the cool thing that the deck is supposed to do. So I don't really care about card draw or dousing daggers, really. Just make me read. Make me read the cards. <laughs> well, when I say functional, the reason why I'm saying functional is I want to see the deck do the cool things too. And the problem is like if the deck takes like 11 turns to do the cool thing, but has no interaction, no way to speed up its game plan, no way of doing anything, then it's just going to lose on like turn five and you don't get to see the cool thing. So like I don't want to be like my opponent has resolved one threatening creature and I have zero ways of handling that creature. I guess I lose on turn six. You do what I well, do. That, like, cross your fingers and hope Krim removes it. Then it's Krim who has it. It's like it's like it's like Krim puts down like a threatening creature or like a whole breacher or whatever. And then it's like, well, I guess I have my deck has zero answers to a whole breacher. 
guess I just have to guess I cry. And yeah, then you just don't draw cards. Draw one a turn. Cards. It's good enough. Don't be greedy, Tomer. One a turn is yeah, good. Yeah, one a turn. <laughs> well, how dare you? First of all, how dare you? Um, oh, all right. So, in summary, for anybody who's listening and are interested in putting your submission, I think all four of us have said, give us something we haven't seen before, which is a tall order, obviously, because we've been playing Commander for a long time and we do see so many cards, but like, you know, give a, show something, show something unique and then then dabble for every single one. A unique is good for everybody. And then uh, Krim, you like having a lot of trolley cards and removal. Seth wants more card draw. Me, I want like a, you know, more well-rounded. And Richard doesn't care. Richard is, the more weird cards, the better. <laughs> Boom, done, easy. All right, moving on. We got Anything Goes slash Revenge Week, where we're not tied to any sort of deck building restriction. We play the deck that we are interested in playing without, you know, having to conform to any sort of weekly themes. So, uh, Richard, what do you think about uh, Anything Goes slash Revenge Week? Uh, I like it. I put it as best. Um, I think I liked it. I like it more as time progresses. Uh, because we have so many new set releases and like so many things like we quote unquote must cover, we don't have time to play just random decks that often, right? If we if we just do like say viewers submitted plus like new set release, like probably like the whole calendar is full. So nowadays, I think viewers submitted is actually very precious, and uh, or not viewers submitted. Sorry, anything goes. Anything goes. And a lot of times, I play viewers submitted decks in anything goes. Right where I'll, I'll actually take a deck concept that I really like, and then uh, sometimes I play it verbatim. Sometimes I will just edit it. Uh, sometimes I remember in like the early seasons, I literally played Tomer's decks. I'm like, oh, here's a budget commander deck. I'll play it. <laughs> right. So anything goes. You can do whatever you want. Uh, so I like the freedom, and I'm able to play as janky or as like serious as I want. So I can do whatever. So I really like that. Yeah. Uh, so what yeah. do you think about it? Uh, I also have it as best here. I think that for me, uh, one of the things that I really like about it is you do get this flexibility to do whatever you want. That's become more important to me as we've gotten more and more sets and more and more new commanders. So uh, for me, anything goes is a lot of times a place where I can play a commander from the newest set that I didn't get a chance to play when we were doing one or two theme weeks or a commander that I've never played before that doesn't fit into any of the themes. So I think it's something that we should do, use a light touch on. I wouldn't want Commander Clash to be only everything goes, because I also think that having restrictive themes is really fun. But I think that uh, that when we do do them, uh, it's really nice to be able to just play what you want to once in a while. Seth said doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd just derail us for a second. <laughs> Thank you, Graham. <laughs> Very insightful. Thank you, Graham. Uh, Back on topic, though, Krim, what do you think about Anything Goes in Revenge? I, I actually, I think this is the a week where I really like it because, you know, we aren't tied to any uh, the any restrictions. Actually, I, I like that Anything Goes, but I more so like the Revenge Week because I, I would rather play a deck that didn't get to perform the way I wanted it to in an earlier episode. So it's more the Revenge Week that gives the best rating here than Anything Goes. I actually like restrictions. I think restrictions make better uh, better content. I agree with that too. Like I like I like restrictions and everything, but then there's always like there's always these decks that I really want to play that just I never have a week to do it, and I'm just they're sitting on the back burner, and I know it's going to be fun for the viewers to watch, and I know if the deck has to do its thing, 
Uh, it will be entertaining and, and cool. Uh, but like, you know, it doesn't fit in Alphabet Week. It doesn't fit in whatever week. It doesn't fit in Modern Horizons or new sets and stuff like that. So having it Anything Goes and Revenge Week, while, you know, it's not our bread and butter, it's not the thing that we do all the time, just having it like at least once per season uh, is really, really fun for me. Uh, for example, like for Revenge Week, uh, there's a bunch of decks that have sucked uh, for, for me. But like most recently is a Drowno deck. I was really super hyped for the Drowno deck to do something and it didn't get there. It was so, it, was, it didn't get there. It didn't get there uh, in, in one ticket week. So I would love an opportunity for a Revenge Week where I can bring it back and give it a shot at, at showing the thing because I think what it does is so cool and so something that we've never seen before. Uh, but it just never fits any sort of any sort of week, so I'm just like hoping for for a nice revenge week, and that makes me really excited, you know, like looking forward to a certain specific clash. Uh, yeah, all right, moving on. We uh, usually go pretty janky on Command Clash. We're on the lower end of the power scale, but something that we've uh, brought back many times, at least once per season, is CDH CEDH week, where we build the most powerful decks in the format. Usually we don't build them ourselves. We just, you know, go over to a CDH community and just copy paste, you know, what the top tier or uh, tier two uh, decks are at the current year. Richard, though, he just plays whatever he wants and crushes us anyway. Richard, what do you think about CEDH? All right. This is also best. If I had multiple S cards, I would put it out here. You've gone full CDH. I've gone full CDH. I, I actually think we should play more CDH, even though you guys don't like it. It's it's magic in its purest form. I, and I don't know what to like. I don't need to hold punches. I don't need to be nice and like do things to my deck. I can just stax you and Armageddon you to death. And <laughs> the good thing with CDH decks are you will deal with it, right? You know it's coming. You will have answers for it. We will play a full, proper, interactive game of magic, right? So I actually really like CDH because uh, you can play whatever you want and everyone can't complain right and they'll be prepared for it that's the important thing right like very rarely can you just stack everyone and everyone just rolls over right they all know it's coming they'll all take care of it right you try to thassa's oracle everyone's waiting for you to do it right they're all ready to fight it and then you play like basically legacy but four players um so i really like cdh and i think it gets a bad rap uh even i didn't understand it like a year or two ago you can still play jank you can still play garbage right you just need to know that someone's gonna oracle you and you better be ready for it. And if you if they oracle you, fine, right? But maybe you win with Rogak with the Colossus Hammer still, right? It's such a 180 for you, Richard, too, because like you're the fledgling Osprey guy. You're the guy who like plays Kithkin. And now you're like like the past couple of months, like ever since we've been on play to win, you're like, I'm full CDH now. You know, Look, gotta go. Sometimes you gotta take off the shackles. You're like, oh, this is real magic again, right? Well, I'm not playing a one mana one one that does nothing, right? I'm playing an actual real creature, and it's progressing the game. That's crazy. That's, that's fair. I mean, and also, yeah, like like everybody's on the same level, which is the high power level. Nobody can really complain about you know, here's a salty card. Like I, don't, I will never complain about like Hull Breacher, for example, in CDA because it's like, yeah, Hull Breacher is there because it's a good card, and that's the whole point. Of playing at CDH because you're playing the best. Um, so it makes sense. Um, so Seth, what do you think about CDH? Eh, it's okay. Uh, I don't mind what we do CDH, and I think we should do an episode every once in a while, but I play enough 
modern and legacy that I kind of like my commander a little bit more on the casual side. And one of the things I sort of dislike about CDH week, and maybe this is a me thing, but I usually am just like net decking some top tier CDH deck. So you don't get any of the deck building aspects. You don't get any of like the cool janky synergies. What is an upside for Richard, I think, that it's like legacy, four player legacy or four player vintage. It's kind of like a downside for me because you don't get to see all the cool, crazy, fun stuff or the weird theme stuff that you would see in a normal week. So I'm fine with it, but it's not one of my favorite themes, I don't think. All right. Krim, what do you think? <laughs> I actually think it's okay, but it's because it's the format where it's forcing me to actually have to win. <laughs> like, <laughs> as in, I, I, I can, I can play control in in casual, and like, I love playing that because, like, much like what Seth said, you get to see a lot of the cool stuff that goes on. Uh, I mean, of course, I am trying to prevent it, but the thing is, you get to <laughs> to like see it happen or or try to happen. Whereas, and I can just sit back and play like like draw spells right but in cdh i have to kill you i have to kill you and i don't i i don't want to kill you <laughs> that's that's legitimately it i don't want to kill you i don't but mind Krim, losing i just don't want to win <laughs> all those house band cards are allowed you can play hull breacher Risky yeah Study. yeah all those yeah. things are yeah, all I'm surprised available Krim to you. like it <laughs> his answer is always like play removal play interaction play yeah. real magic right like play Play so yeah, on the stack, if, right? If, if but you don't you like can, X you card, can... you just remove it, right? Like, yeah, this is this is the the CDH mindset, right? Like, it's like I'm okay with everything. Like that's that Krim. This is this is your your ethos, right? I I this. am okay with everything, and I, I like I'm fine with it. So that's why you won't see me like salting on any level, either CDH or casual. But in the casual plane, you get to you aren't forced to win, and the patterns aren't like all the same. Right. And I think that's that's the difference to me. Not to say that like every CDH game like is the same. Uh, it has the same win condition, but that doesn't mean the route there is the same every time. But for me, mm. I just like seeing other win conditions and stuff like that more than anything else. And and, and because like legitimately, I don't I don't want to have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't like it when people force the will his counterspell back. He likes. Oh no, I'm okay casuals. with that. You, you can <laughs> counterspell no me. I just don't want to kill you. I know that. I think that's the main thing. I don't doesn't want to see a Rurikthar on the table. Card's <laughs> very good. But Rurikthar also <laughs> CDH All Star. All right. <laughs> yeah, can you cast a Rurikthar in CDH? I feel like you he's died. beaten us with it in CDH. Right? Oh, but we're also you terrible. Can. It, it's an old deck. It's been replaced yeah. with like Minota, but you can definitely get a Rurikthar down. Sure. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, like for me, yeah, just I don't want to win. I don't want to actually be forced to win. I, I feel you guys need to grind some CDH. I, I feel after I actually started playing CDH, especially on like Moto and things, my idea of what it actually is versus what it was is totally different. It's like if you thought Modern was a single deck because the best deck is Amulet Titan, whereas like people play like 50 decks in Modern and people do some incredibly janky things, right? It's just everyone knows that. Cauldron. Someone's gonna play a Amulet of Vigor, and you gotta get ready for it, right? And you all <laughs> yeah. play the same game, but you can go however janky you want. People bring all kinds of weird jank into CDH tables, and a lot of times they win. Like the three Thassa's Oracle players, like stop each other, and then a Thantus hits the battlefield, and no one can deal with it, and they just win, <laughs> right? They just like slam everyone with a giant splatter. Everyone's here, like, uh, <laughs> and then you lose, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it's actually I think we should jam some actual games outside of our group because when we play, we do weird things. 
But if you just play with like normal CDH crowd, it's actually I mean, like, very like when I different. brought a Sultai deck and I got paired against three Boros decks. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and we all had a Hydroblast or Pyroblast. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, this is a interesting meta. <laughs> Blood <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of on on the on the fence. It's either okay or best for me. I really enjoy doing CDH exactly one, maybe two times per season, but I prefer the jankier stuff like flavor restrictions and card pool restrictions and all that sort of stuff, like uh, the lower power stuff. Um, but I re- whenever we do CDH, it's they're always one of my favorite episodes. But I just can't see myself doing it a lot, you know, not a lot. Um, usually, like when I when I do Commander Clash, like I'm thinking about like you know filling my deck with Jank. Whereas CDH, it does feel like you know every every deck is definitely different. But like I would say like fifty fifty percent of the cards are already predetermined, and that is less exciting for me as a builder. Because, like, I love filling all the slots with different things. You know, basic lands aside, obviously. But when, like, most of the deck is already filled out for me, I don't know. It gets less exciting for me. Even though they play very differently. And I don't want to disparage CDH players there. It's just that that's my personal uh, aim at it. And I do love CDH, uh, the episodes, every single one we do. It's just, it's not my favorite. Um, anyway. Pritchard's already shaking his head. But we're moving on anyway. I'm not doing anything. Okay. Oh, no, you're twirling in the... In the, in the oh, no, I, I, I was just I was like, you were like, chair. No, you were like a big no. You were like a big no to this. Okay, okay never mind. Uh, moving on, we have two more categories. Alternate rules, um, where we do things basically that we can't do uh, on Magic Online. Uh, basically, we break... Uh, the official rules of Commander in one or, or many different ways. We don't really get that many opportunities to do so, but recently we actually did Banned Commander, where we unbanned most of the cards that are officially banned in Commander, and we had to play in paper because, you know, Magic Online doesn't support custom rule sets. Uh, so we showcased stuff like a lot of, Sil- uh, a lot of uh, Primeval Titans, some Sylvan Primordials, um, you know, some other band cards too. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was different. Uh, Richard, what do you think about that? I think it's okay. Uh, because it's not supported on Magic Online, it's very cumbersome. Uh, but there are a lot of times you want to do things like, uh, no bandless commander, silver bordered, uh, when that was a thing, uh, mm-hmm. the alternate formats, like things like, um, what is it called? Oathbreaker those kind of formats where you have like extra cards in the command zone like uh, even like, like brawl or something when it was like first announced and not supported yet like things like that um we can't do <laughs> and it's very difficult yeah. so it and it's like okay right it's like a educational thing to see what it would be it's not like we would play it regularly i can't imagine a lot of players are also playing like no bandless commander like we're all in it for the educational experience so i think it's interesting um I wish we could play it more somehow without playing it more. Like, you know, we always say, like, you know, small sample size, you know, just had one one game. We don't know what these banned cards do. Yeah, but the only way to like know is if we play, games. like, 20 games or something, yeah. 50 games. But 
don't actually want to play that many games. Yeah. So yeah. how do we how do we get this data without actually putting in the work? I don't know. We outsource <laughs> but, it. Yeah. <laughs> we go to Fiverr. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I need a play group to play this we'll, game. We'll use Sparky. <laughs> play these for me. <laughs> oh. All right. So what do you think about alternate rules, where we change up the official rules of Commander? Uh, I also have it as okay. So the small sample size thing really bugs me when we do some of these episodes. Like, I kind of came away from our no ban last week feeling disappointed with how it went and not feeling like I got to learn as much about the ban cards as I wanted to. But as Richard said, what are we going to do? Play 20, a whole season of no ban list commander, a format that mm. no one else plays. So like, we learned risk I think it's really good. <laughs> uh, it does. It does really suffer from the, the small sample size thing. At the same time, I would like to see us do more with it too. Like I would like to see more like silver border commanders and maybe some like janky themes that don't work on Moto because Moto does have a really strict, in unbending rules engine and you can't do a lot of things that people can do on their kitchen table at home uh you know and rule zero into the format so uh, i think i i've been okay with the themes we've done so far that would fall under alternate rules but i think there's a lot of potential there that we could do cool things in the future with fair enough fair enough krim what do you think about uh changing the rules I, I liked alternate uh, rules just because I, I have it at best because I think because we can play no ban lists uh, more so than anything else. And on top of that, there's a lot of cool stuff that we can't do on Moto. Uh, I, although I also saw alternate rules as a way to have like, hey, you can't win through, I don't know, attacking or something like that too. Mm. Right. So, oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Right. So, like, I have that as something uh, put on there to, and, and all of those. Like seem like a lot of fun. It's like a mini game within the game. So I love that. And and also I love the things that we couldn't do because there's cards that we don't have access to on Moto that we now can do only on like, you know, let's say paper. Like example, some of the C twenty one stuff. Almost all the C twenty one cards. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So I, I think it's just really cool to have that and another way to play with them. Those cards. I feel like this is the the most untapped potential of Commander Clash topics. Like we have barely explored it because Magic Online doesn't support it, uh, but we have we have the ability to actually uh, play around with alternate rules or play with cards that aren't available online. Um, I liked the ban the the no ban list thingy. It was fun, but yeah, I, I'm not not fun to the point where I wanted to like jam like 50 games and figure out if cards actually need to be banned or not. Um, but there were like like Crim said, there's even some cards that are just not available on Magic Online. Like most of the C twenty one cards that I would have loved to like I would have loved to like Brina, for example, but it's not available online. Um and also we did like two two V two before. I would love to do like a full on two headed giant, you know? Like there's a lot of cards yeah. that say like your team and two headed giants not supported on Magic Online. And I would love to play an actual two headed giant game where I can run the cards that say like you and your team or like your team gets X from like Battle Bond and stuff like that. I don't know. That, that seems really cool to me. So I feel like there's a lot of really un, unexplored territory that would be fun with alternate rules. But moving on, we have one more category, and this is kind of like the catch-all. Nothing that fit really well into previous categories. I'm just calling it miscellaneous. It's miscellaneous. Uh, these are, are some some of the more, more popular or uh, more played uh, things that we've done in the past. Sliver Week. Uh, where each of us played the same sliver and we weren't allowed like tutors and we had to play like X amount of slivers and stuff like that, uh, which broke Moto multiple times. Chaos Week, 
which we did a recent recently did a short uh, showcasing like four minutes of a three hour plus game. You should check that out, editor, right over there. Um, we've done like Team Weeks, Arch Enemy, all these weird stuff that don't really have their own categories. I threw them in the miscellaneous. What do you think, Richard? What do you think about these random stuff? Do you have any <laughs> that stand out as your favorite? Or How are we dislike? supposed to rate this random collection of themes? I'm going to go no, okay what's, because what's we don't know favorite? what the themes are. What's your favorite or least favorite? Is there anything that stands out? Like, I, 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 I like this. Chaos. Chaos is good. Uh, so so these are like the I like once in a while. Like I'm not going to play Chaos <laughs> yeah. every week. Right? But Chaos once a season, hilarious. Same with Slivers. Uh, that one Sliver game, hilarious. Multiple Sliver games, eh. No. Uh, team? I don't really like Team Week because it, it boils down to 1v1 again. It's like 2v2, right? But it's a 1v1 game of magic. It's not as interesting. There's no. Then Richard can't politic his way out of it. Yeah, right there's now. no politics. You're just playing like weird constructed at this point. You can't get away with it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's okay. I mean, there's some good themes in here. There's some okay themes. Some I don't know. It's just a random collection. Yeah. All right. I mean, so- I, I also have it okayed for the same reason that it's like there's just so many possible things that it could fit under. Some of them I like. Some of them I don't like. Uh, I really like Slivers. I think that was a really cool theme that we did. Chaos is fine. I also kind of dislike teams, and I feel like every time we do a team episode, it's kind of okay and some of them have been less than okay so i think that's one of the weaker miscellaneous themes but there's also some some all-stars like the first time we did sliver week was a a, definitely a classic commander clash episode so mash that all together and i guess i averages out to okay probably in my eyes i like it seems a lot it was my favorite one but okay what do you think so this is what I've been holding my S card for. And really, it's okay. Miscellaneous is absolutely my favorite here because every category that we have mentioned has been a really fun week, including Team Week. I love Team Week. I love Sliver Week. I really and okay. Here's the okay. Like this would have gotten best, but then but then Tomer put Chaos here, and then that made it an S because <laughs> because I loved Chaos Week, and I think. Uh, like Chaos Week, I could play that all the time. Like, because to me, I could play that every episode and never bat an eye. <laughs> but yeah, I think Chaos Sliver Team, all the all the ideas that have been brought up here are so unusual and they're not in a category. And I think that's why I really like it. It's just kind of weird. It, it's somewhat. The uh, hipster category of commander here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I do, I do enjoy it, just because because the randomness of it. It's so it's so weird and and or uh, just hilarious, and it's fun to make, and it, it's pro- and it's just as fun to watch. Like I can watch our chaos episodes, right? Like forever. So I I feel like there's a lot of really great moments that come out of these weeks where. Like the sliver week, the chaos week, those are things you can't even do in paper. I don't think like the the, the slivers had like eighty two keywords. They had over two hundred tough power and toughness. Maybe even pushing like like a thousand or whatever. Um, there's there's no way you could actually do this on paper. This is something you could like you could you could in theory do it, but like there's no way you could do it properly, right? Like you're going to make mistakes. Uh, so sliver is like this unique thing that I think only like commander clash has ever done. Because we play on Magic Online, because we're the only ones that really do that. Um, and then Chaos, 
as much as I hate chaos, <laughs> I think that when we were all playing chaos, I actually enjoyed it. I did. I did enjoy it. <laughs> the only downside with like Sliver Week or Chaos Week is like we're not having a short game. This, this is, these are three hour games, right? What are you like, talking about? <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> the opening either... clip of Chaos Week sounds like oh, it's gonna be a quick game. It's gonna be a very, very quick game. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so those are the only downsides to me. Is like literally like. You have to be mentally prepared for a three-hour recording or even longer because that's edited down. So it's even longer than that usually. Team Week was actually my favorite. I really enjoyed, you know, brewing decks with with, with Krim. We were like, we're going to do double Riku. That's like a cool flavor thing. He goes yeah. for the, the creatures and I go spells. And I had so many other ideas. Like we had Gisa and, and Geralt yep. uh, as, as zombie partners. Uh, we were talking about Brothers Yama, Yamazaki, I believe, <laughs> where we both go brothers, and that's yeah, like yeah. super memey and cool. And I just like I love the flavor of it, and I also enjoyed the games. Like the flavor wise was really cool, and the gameplay I thought was really cool too. And it was also nice to not have the politics because usually maybe it's because I'm usually on the receiving end of the politics. <laughs> I'm not very much an expert, so I really liked taking away Richard's advantage on that. You know, like <laughs> as someone who's not a, po- a political master, a puppet master. I think maybe maybe Krim agrees with me here. We yeah. had like a way to even the odds. Yeah, because like, no matter what politics we, doesn't work here. We it's always <laughs> us two on the receiving end yeah. of the politics. So not Glory. today, I, I was Richard. Politicking. I was trying to split you guys up to betray each other. I, I was still I trying. I know. We so would have like, gotten we, away with it if I had just read Biomancer or I mean Sakashima. <laughs> too little. Too light. So yeah, two two is actually one of my favorite miscellaneous thing. I would love to do it more, but if I guess you guys don't like it that much, I would say it's fifty fifty, right? Because you and oh. I. Like it. <laughs> Maybe we should have a team game to decide yeah. if we play more team games. We'll be playing if we should have playing for the ability to have another episode. Content is content. All right. And that is it, everyone. We have covered every single category that we can think of, all the big ones at least. Um, so let us know what you think. Do you, do you have any favorite deck building restrictions that we've done on Commander Clash? Are there any deck building restrictions that you think are really cool that we haven't done? We are running low on uh, deck building restrictions, friends. All right. We've been going on this for like six years. We're reaching the bottom of the barrel. We recently did like Chaos Week, so you know we're really That's scraping. That's not the bottom of the barrel. Hold <laughs> Apparently, on. Apparently, the abyss just keeps going. I don't know. Um, Excuse. <laughs> so, so by all means, tell us what you like. Tell us what you think we should bring back. Something that we haven't done before. Maybe, maybe if there's anything that you've been doing in your own groups that that seems cool, let us know that. If you think there's anything cool that we haven't even done before let us know we'd love to hear feedback on this topic so that's it for every easily done um so that's it for our podcast everybody hope you enjoyed it was a bit of a long one we had a lot to cover but thank you for reaching the end and until next time friends see ya